Well, hello, everybody out there online. Uh, isn't this great? Bielosov Church because of technology. Uh, you know, it's, uh, we have no idea what will take place in the next few weeks when it comes to church and how we'll be meeting, but we're going to do our best to be able to encourage you as much as we can. Um, you know, during this time, it seems like there's a couple different ways that we can approach this, right? For me, um, I tend to under underplay things because I'm, I don't live in fear. And so because of that, sometimes it seems like I'm not taking it seriously enough. And I think that's part of what's happening at some, some point in our culture is some people aren't taking this seriously enough, and they're just kind of saying it's not a big deal. And there's others, the flip side of that, is others are kind of panicking, kind of have a lot of fear, being, being driven by fear. Uh, we're seeing some of the hoarding and just the panic. It, it feels more panic. And so either way, if you're either one of those, we want to just say, hey, we're trying to meet in the middle there, trying to say how can we best serve our community because uh, even though you might not be affected if you're younger, there are older, there are people in our communities that are older uh, that can be affected. And we want to do our part to be able to stem this and minimize this. And so uh, we're going to do our best to do that during this time as a church. And so like Sincerity said, uh, just please reach out to us. Um, make sure you're reaching out and, and, and let us know you have any needs. All right? Well, awesome. We thought, you know, during this time, we've heard a lot about what's going on with the coronavirus and all that. And we said, what, what if we just uh, continue on with life goes on, right? We got to keep moving forward. So what if we continue on in our series? It's complicated. Made a slight changes. Uh, we were supposed to talk about marriage today, and Sarah is going to join me. Uh, we might have to do that in a future time. But today I'm going to talk about uh, really the next step of, of it's complicated, but it doesn't have to be when it comes to relationships. And honestly, I'm going to talk about the major issue when it comes to relationships and what complicates them. All right? But let me catch you up if you, ha- if you haven't been with us before. This is week three, so I want to give you a little bit of insights into what we talked about the last two weeks. We said this. There's a quote from C.S. Lewis. He says, human history is the long, terrible story of man trying to find something other than God which will make him happy. You know why relationships are complicated? Because we make them complicated. Uh, in fact, we said this. In order for our relationships to, to work, we have to let the one who designed them, God, be the one to define them. And so we've been talking about that. That's the idea of this, of this series is how can we let God help us uncomplicate our relationships? Um, you know, and, and last week we talked about singleness and the single life. And there's a quote from Dr. Les Parrott. He says this. If you try to build intimacy with another person before you have gotten whole on your own, all your relationships will become attempts to complete yourself. So if you missed either of those weeks, I would encourage you to go back because ultimately what's happening in relationships, we complicate them because we don't do them in the right way. And if we will trust Scripture and trust God to help us on this journey, we'll actually find some tools to be able to help us get better and uncomplicate our relationships. You know, as, as with the coronavirus, you know, uh, some of us being isolated, being alone, uh, that can complicate relationships, right? It can, it can make things a little more challenging. But relationships don't have to be complicated. And today we're going to talk about that. What, what can we do on our part to maybe um, be better individuals in our community, to reach out and help others? So we're going to talk about that, right? And so last week we talked about getting whole our, our, ourself first, get healthy and whole ourselves so that our relationships can be whole and healthy. And that's, that's part of that is yielding to God and letting him to, to lead us and direct us. You know, when it comes to life and when it comes to relationships, you know, the main issue, the main problem that we face in relationships, whether you're married, whether you're single, whether it's parenting uh, or with coworkers, the main relationships is, is self-centeredness. I can say it like this. Self-centeredness is the main issue that complicates all of our relationships. That's in marriage. That's in work. That's in life. You know, because the truth is relationships can be complicated all by themselves. But when you enter two people, right, that are a little self-centered and selfish, um, they begin to uh, make it about them. You know, being selfish is not actually a bad thing when you're young. You know, as a little baby, we need babies to cry when they're hungry. We need babies to cry when something's wrong so they can tell us because they can't speak. And that selfishness that we would call selfish is, is really a care for themselves. In that, in that sense, that is not bad. It's only bad when it sticks with you when you're 30 or 40 and you're still crying to have your way. And you're still upset because somebody's not giving you something that you want. 
right? And that, that selfishness turns into self-centeredness, which means you're now the center of the universe. And so in relationships, when we become self-centered, that is what complicates a lot of relationships. In fact, I believe self-centeredness is the, is the cancer at the center of every relationship that's ruined or been ruined. It's what ruins our relationships. And today we're going to talk about that, right? How do, we, how do we fix that? How do we deal with this issue of self-centeredness in our lives? If you're watching the, the news media, it's very obvious in our culture there's a lot of self-centered people, right, that are hoarding, uh, that, that freak out and begin to, you know, panic, cause more panic, and, and they, they begin to store more for themselves than they need, and others don't get it because of that. Why? It's a, it's a self-centered idea that we have that we're the most important and others don't matter. And throughout Scripture, God is trying to break us from that. In fact, where does self-centeredness come from? You know, I would say like this. The essence of sin is living for yourselves, for ourselves, yourself, rather than for God and the people around you. That's the essence of sin. We see in the, in the beginning of scriptures when Adam and Eve sinned, right, it was a decision to make themselves more important than what God asked them to do. The essence of sin in general is us saying, we're the most important. I'm going to do what I want to do rather than what others do. I'm going to do what I want rather than serving what God wants and helping others with what they need. Um, in, our, in our communities, in our culture, this is the driving force for complicated relationships. This is what causes even complications now during this time with coronavirus, is we begin to think we're the most important and nobody else matters. But there are people that are affected. How can we do our part to serve them and help them? Right? When, in scriptures, throughout scriptures, we see that God is trying to combat this, right? trying to fix the, the issue of sin. Because at the root of it, it's our decisions, it's our sinful nature that has caused us to be self-centered and want our own desire, our own way. And throughout Scripture, God is saying, I want you to break from that. This is why the reason that Jesus, when, when they asked him, all right, what, what is the most important Scriptures in, in the Bible? How can you summarize the Bible, the law? Jesus answered them by saying this, if you love God and you love people, and that's a summary. So essentially, God, Jesus is saying that God's will for our lives is to love and live for God rather than ourselves and to love and serve the needs of others ahead of our own. If you don't know the summary of what it means to be a Jesus follower, it's those two things. You're loving God, right? Um, out of to, rather than your own, own desires, you love and live for Him, and then you begin to love and serve the needs of those ahead of yourself. That's what Scripture calls us to. And I believe if we all would live that, our world would be a much better place. You know, um, in one of the books that I recommend last week, and my favorite marriage book, it's called The Meaning of Marriage by Tim Keller. He makes a statement in there when it comes to marriage, and he says it like this: He says, if two spouses say to each other, "I'm going to treat my self-centeredness as the main problem in the marriage," then you have a great prospect of a truly great marriage. Essentially, I think we, this applies to all relationships, right? If we will treat all of our relationships by saying, you know, I'm going to treat my self-centeredness as the main problem in this relationship, whether that's with a spouse, whether that's with a friend, whether that's with a coworker or with kids, if we'll say, you know what, I got to check myself before I wreck everything else in, in life. If I'll just say, God, what do you, you want to do in my life? What is, what is my self-centeredness keeping me from? A lot of times healthy relationships with God and with people around us. Second Corinthians, Paul says it like this. 2 Corinthians 5.15, he says, He died for everyone, so those who received his new life will no longer live for themselves. So he died for us, but the reason he wants us to receive a life is so what? We would no longer live for ourselves. What is he saying? Self-centeredness has to change. It can't be all about us. It has to be in and say, God, what do you want me to look at? What do you want me to look for? What's my perspective supposed to be? And he goes on, he says, instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So how do we do this? How do we break self-centeredness in our lives? How do, we, how do we defeat selfishness inside of us? Because ultimately, that is what's leading us to, to, to hurt relationships and messed up relationships. How do we do this? Well, Paul gives us a good, a good way to do it. In Philippians 2, 3 through 5, he says this. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. What is he saying? 
Don't do anything out of a self-centered desire. Don't do anything out of self-centeredness. Don't, don't make choices with you, only yourself in mind. But rather, he says, in humility, notice he says, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking for your own interests. That's be selfish, right? But each of you should look to the interests of others as well. So how do you do it? In humility. Humility means that we humble ourselves. We think a little, not, not think less of ourselves, but think of ourselves less, right? We're not the most um, important person in every room. We're there to help. We're, we're another one that has value also. And he goes on and says, in your relationships with one another, uh, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. So what is he saying? Guys, if you want to know how it's done, just look how Jesus did it. Jesus, right, the very nature God, the son of God, if you read the rest of that passage, he goes on and says, even though he was God, he didn't consider that the right to hold on to and to grasp, right? But rather, he looked for the interest of others and served the interest of others. He gave up his place in heaven to come down to earth to serve. And to give us an example, you want to know how to break self-centeredness? Serve others. Care for others. Look out for others. In humility, value others above yourself. First Peter, Peter's talking to, to couples that are married. And he says this to husbands. He says this in the same way, you husbands, you must give honor to your wives. Treat your wives with understanding as you live together. Treat her as you should. Treat her as you should so that your prayers will not be hindered. So guys out there, husbands, if you're watching, fathers, if you're watching, this is a great insight into us, right? He says, treat, treat them with understanding. Now, he doesn't say understand your wife. I think that's impossible personally. I've been married to my wife for 18 years, and I still don't understand her. And the same is true for her, for me, right? We're different. We, we, everybody sees life differently. And we can't, he's not saying understand people, right? But be understanding. Pay attention. You know, this would be a, a good point to talk about in, in our culture. Man, be understanding of people, right? Uh, the under, some people that are underplaying it, saying it's not a big deal. Well, it is a big deal if you're, if you're susceptible to, to diseases, right? And we don't want to be the people that pass it on and, and cause more. We want to have our part to say, how can I value those in our community that are susceptible to this and not just look out for my own desires, my own needs? Uh, and he says, treat her as you should. Notice, notice there's, there's, a, there, there's something that goes along with it. When we don't treat our spouses, we don't treat others the way we should, our prayers are hindered. So he's saying, husbands, pay attention. If you're asking God for help but God's not answering, maybe it's because you're not being understanding of your wife. Maybe it's because you're not being understanding of your kids or those around you. And I, I would think that would go for all of us. Whatever relationship it is, you're asking God to help you in some situation, but you're not being understanding of those around you. Maybe that's part of why your prayers are being hindered. You're not being the person God wants you to be, and you're asking him to fix everything for you, but you're not willing to say, how can I add value to this situation? How can I make this easier rather than make it more difficult? The choice is ours. We can add gas and fuel to the fire that's already there, or we can begin to bring some water and put out some of that where we can. It's our choice to say, how can I be understanding of those around me? How can I be understanding of, the, of my kids, of my spouse, right, of my friends, of my coworkers, of my boss, of my employees, right? So we won't be hindered, right? But we'll live with understanding. Here's how you do this. We have to allow God to mature us. See, when a baby is, is small, he's very selfish or she's very selfish, and they cry. Well, at some point, we have to teach them to grow up and to mature, right, that they are not the center of the world. When they're small, it's okay. We're going to take care of your needs. But as they grow and mature, the idea is that they would begin to see themselves less, and it's, they're not the center, they're not the most important, but that they can begin to see that they're a part of the world, they're part of the culture, they're part of the larger story. They're not the story, but they're a part of it. And I think a culture, a lot of times, we have people that haven't matured because they see themselves as the, part, the main part of the story. They think everybody else revolves around them. I remember for me, I was in the fourth grade. I had to stay home sick for a few days because I got strep throat, and I went back to school, and this is the first time I realized the world did not revolve around me. 
It was a tough day for me because I went back to school after two days of being stay home, and I saw my friends. They told me all the fun they had without me the first two, the two days that I was gone. And I said, what? You had fun without me? Like, no, everybody's supposed to be home doing exactly what I'm doing. And I realized in that moment that life goes on, even when I'm not feeling well, even when I wasn't able to go to school. And it taught me something at that age that there's a larger story going on. I think too many people have not had that realization yet. You're not the center of the universe. There are people around you who are hurting. There are people around you that have issues and needs. And maybe you're the answer to their prayers. Maybe I'm the answer to their prayers. It starts with the heart. If we're going to allow God to mature us, it has to start with us in the heart, right? It starts with a relationship with God. A trusting relationship saying, all right, I'm going to receive what you have for me. I'm going to trust that you're going to lead me to a better way of life. So I put my trust in you. It's receiving the gospel. I love that word, the gospel. The gospel, it really means the good news. And I think if you're ever looking for any kind of good news, this is the best news you could ever hear in your whole life. It's the best news I heard. Remember as a kid, I received it and I accepted it because I understood that God had good plans for my life. So what is the gospel? The gospel is this, that you are so lost and you are so messed up and you are so sinful that Jesus had to die for you. Catch that. You and I were so messed up, we're so sinful that God had to die for us. But here's the good news of the gospel. But you are so loved and you are so valued that Jesus was glad to die for you. He was willing to die for you and for me. Essentially, that's the, that's the gospel. That we messed up, God came to fix it. He didn't leave us in our broken state. He didn't leave us in our sin. He didn't leave us with all the messed up messes that we have. But he came to help us to solve those, to fix those, and to move on. That he was willingly given his life for you. That's the gospel. It's the good news saying, you have, there's, there's better plans for your life if you'll trust God with your life. I'm so glad that at a young age, I said, God, I'm all in. Culture is saying all this stuff. Man, if I see the results they're getting, I don't want those results. I want in with you. I want to have your peace. I want to have you, what you have for me. I want your good news to live in and through me. And now it's a privilege to be able to say, man, I want others to hear this good news. Now I take it. I'm a carrier of hope. I take hope everywhere I can, saying, hey, there's better plans for your life. God has something good for you. So here's my challenge for us today, all right? This is my challenge, that we would value others above ourselves, that we'd value others. Be considerate and understanding. Uh, like, like Peter said, be understanding of those around you. Uh, be, like, like Paul says, with humility, right? Consider others as more important than yourself. Can you imagine if we all did this in our community? What would that look like? You know, the elderly that can't get out and get groceries, they'd be taken care of. The ones that don't have food because they're out of school for the next few weeks, they'd be taken care of. If we would do our part, those around us that don't have will get what they need. It's up to us. And imagine your relationships. What would take place if all of us would say, I'm going to treat my self-centeredness as the main problem. Maybe when I show up to work. Maybe when I, when I go to home, when I'm with, with, with family, if I'm with friends, if I would treat that as, as my main issue, then maybe our relationships begin to improve. That only happens when we're willing to serve others. It only happens when we're willing to value them and say, God, you have value for them. You died for them as much as you died for me. You care for them as much as you care for me. I choose to be considerate. I choose to be understanding. Can you imagine if we taught our kids this? Kids, if you're watching, imagine what life would look like if you would say, I'm going to use my life to serve others. I'm going to use my life to help others that need it. Our world would get better. Every choice that we make, every decision that we make, our, life, our world is getting better or it's getting worse. It's up to us. The choice is ours. How can we use our lives to help others? And I read the, the, the verse in 2 Corinthians 5 where he said that he died for everyone so that those who receive his, his, his new life will no longer live for themselves, right? That God is trying to lead us to something better. He died for us so we don't have to live for ourselves. 
Instead, we'll live for Christ who died for us and was raised for us, right, from the dead. Well, if you read that verse, it goes on. It says more. It says, so we have stopped evaluating our others from a human point of view. And at one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. At one point, I valued and saw people from a human point of view. At one point, I saw God from a human point of view. But he began to show me his gospel. He began to show me the good news. And he began to change the way to see others and the way to see himself. When you know God, when you have a relationship with him, things change. The way you see things change. One of the reasons I'm not fear-driven is because I'm confident and secure in what Christ did on the cross for me. Earth is not the end of the story. It's only part of the story. And it's a beautiful part of the story, but it's not the end. God has so much more for us. So when I approach situations like this, I'm not fearful because I've said, God, I've settled my tomorrow. I I know who I am in you. I've accepted the sacrifice you made on my behalf. I can move forward. Paul goes on in 2 Corinthians, he says this. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old is gone. The new has begun. That's the good news, that you can start fresh. You can start new today. No matter what's taking place in your life, no matter what decisions you made in the past, today can be a brand new day with a brand new start that you can move forward. The gospel is that God died for you exactly who you are, but he doesn't leave you there. He leads you to a better future, a better place. And he says this, all of this, it's a gift from God. You can't earn it. You can't do enough good to make God smile upon you because of the, the work that you're doing. Not enough good works will get us into heaven. Not enough good works will, will help us to realize all that God has for us. It's a gift and a grace that God gives us. They trust me. And I've died on the cross for you. Trust me with your life so I can lead you in a better, better way. And it says that God brought us back to himself through Christ. And some of you today, you know, it's, a, it's a, your, your choice to, to, to go. You know, a lot of times the hesitation when it comes to valuing others or to putting God first, the hesitation is this. I'm going wait, to like, wait for others to move, and then I'll move. I'm going to wait for others to go first, and then I'll go. But Christ didn't do that for us. He went first. He said, you messed up. I'm going to move in to help this relationship get better. You know, a lot of times self-centeredness, the reason that we're, we want what we want is we, we, we think it's going to make us happy. We're searching for happiness. But here's the problem. When we pursue happiness through self-centeredness, Nobody else is happy around us, only we are. And in fact, we become unhappy because of that. But here's a paradox the Bible talks about. If you'll serve others and love others and care for others, you'll find that you'll be happy on the other end. I promise this is true in my life. When I live my life for others, I am more fulfilled and more satisfied and more happy because I'm seeing other people succeed in life. There's something about that. And throughout scriptures, there's all those there's paradoxes just like that. If you'll give, you'll get more. But we tend to think, I want more, I want more, I want more. Got to say, no, you need to make that first step. Imagine if we were the people that would take that first step this week. You know, the first step to call a friend and say, hey, how are you doing? Are you doing okay through this time? Is there anything I could do to serve you, encourage you? Now, in fact, I would say every day, you probably need to call one to maybe three or four friends and just reach out to them. Be the one that takes that first step. Don't wait for others to do it. Make a decision to say, I'm going to be the one for others that they need. And I I promise your needs will be taken care of when you do that. That's what God promises. When we follow him and help others, he does that for us. So, so move first. Be the first mover. Be the one that says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to search how I can use my life to help others. You know, as we, um, we're going to end our service now in just a few minutes, and I, I want to just bring a short message to encourage you. But what I want to do, I'm going to pray in a second for all those watching, just for peace and for comfort during this time. But I also want to give an opportunity for those watching that you don't have peace with God. You haven't settled your yesterdays. You haven't settled your past. So it's hard to move into the future. And today I want to give you an opportunity to say, God, I put my trust in you. Forgive me my past. God, I trust in you. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. But before we do that, can I just pray for those watching right now? 
Let's pray and ask God just to comfort and to encourage us and help us to know how to move first, all right? Father, for all those watching and tuning in right now, I just thank you for, for them, Lord God, that uh, this, this uh, technology is available for us to speak into the lives of thousands of people around Santa Fe, around the world. And God, we ask for those that are watching that there would be a peace and a comfort that only you can give. There's a peace, Lord God, that you give that the world can't take away. God, that sickness and disease can't take away. You are so good. We thank you for the cross, Lord God. We thank you for that sacrifice you made on our behalf. And today we accept all the promises that come with that, Lord God, that when we trust you, we don't have to fear. Not fear evil or disease, Lord God, but we can put our trust in you. That you'll walk us through this, Lord God, that no matter what takes place, we're in your hands. We're confident, Lord God, that you have good plans for our lives. You want to use us to make a difference. Help us to be the people, Lord God, that say yes, that go first. You're so good, God. We put our, our trust in you today. You know, for you that are watching, and today you may need to make a decision to say, God, I put you first. That I want to fix my issues of my self-centeredness, of my sin. Here's the good news, that when you do that, God comes right next to you. He moves into the neighborhood, like Roman says. He comes alongside us and helps us on his journey. And some of you, you need God to come and begin to settle your, your past so you, you can let go of those fears. You can let go of those anxieties and those worries and say, God, I put my trust in you. If that's you today, before we end this service, I want to give you an opportunity to pray a prayer. Just right there where you're at. If that's you, would you say this prayer with me? All right? It's just an acknowledgement of saying, God, I can't do it without you. See, being a, a Jesus follower means that we're following his lead, that we receive the sacrifice he made on our behalf, and we begin to follow what he wants for us in our lives. So if you're watching right now, you want to pray this prayer with me. It's a simple prayer. Just say this. Repeat after me. Say, Father God, today I acknowledge that I've messed up, that it's my selfishness and my sin that has broken relationships, relationship with you and relationship with others. Today, I ask you to give me your peace. Come into my life. Lead me. Help me to be that person that you created me to be. Help me to serve others. Help me to be understanding and considerate. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on that cross, to give us a better way, an example of how to live. I put my trust in you today. Come into my life and lead me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, you can't hear it, but all of heaven is celebrating for every single one of you that prayed. And we have a few in the theater right now. It's popping too. They're celebrating with you. If you prayed that prayer, it, I'm so excited for you. The gospel is the best news you can ever hear. And we want to help you. In fact, if you prayed that prayer, would you take a moment today to go to the, the website we talked about, the connection card? There's a place to fill out that connection card. There's a, there's a box of checks saying, I made a decision today. I'll send you an email this week and a letter following up with that saying, here's the next steps you need to take. Here's some next steps you need to think about. And when all this settles down, if you've never been to church, and we'd love for you to come join us at the theater. Uh, we, we, we love what God is doing here in our community. We have a great, great place. But you don't have to be part of our church to be part of the kingdom. Wherever you're at, whatever part of the world you are, find a Bible-believing church that you can be a part of. You can go in and you can, you can get around people that will encourage you and love you and support you during these times, all right, and even moving in the future. There are people out there that want to see you succeed. If you'll just say, God, help me to find that church. Help me to find those people. You'll find them. And he'll use you to make a difference in this world. So take a moment to fill out that connection card. We'd love to send you a letter to connect with you. And um, if you have any needs at all, 
please reach out to us. You know, I, I talk about calling people. If you have nobody to call, would you please reach out to us? You can go on social media. You can email us on our website. Find a way to connect, and somebody in our team will reach out to you saying, hey, you're not alone. We'd love to connect you during this time. Don't be isolated. Don't be alone because that choice is up to us. There's a lot of people who would love to talk. Like I said, be the first one. Reach out. Reach out to somebody. Call them. You know, if there's needs in the community, like Sincerity said, let us know so we can serve them. We can serve them together. I love, I love our church. I love our family. I love Santa Fe. There's already communication happening between churches. There's people in my church that have reached out to me and said, hey, Eric, if there's anybody that needs help, I would love to help and serve them. There's people out there that want to help. Would you just be bold enough to say, please help me, and, and we'll do our best to help you as we can. All right? Awesome. Hey, one last thing before we end. We always give an opportunity to give in the offering together, and uh, we will, we'll do that online. And so if you're watching um, and you want to be part of this and moving forward, we're looking for ways to serve and feed kids that need food during this time, looking to feed people that have needs, right? So if you want to be a part of that, you want to give a special offering towards that, just put a note saying this is for this time, right? And uh, we'll make sure that that gets to the right places and the right people that need it. Uh, if you're a part of our church, this would be a time for you to, would you continue to be faithful in these next few weeks and months that you would say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go all in. I'm going to trust God for whatever comes that we're going to continue to use our resources to help the kingdom move forward. This would be a great opportunity for us to give together online. And you go to our webpage, and it'll walk you through that. Uh, other ways to give also. There's alternative ways to give there that you can find. And uh, we just appreciate you giving online and uh, giving uh, today and these next few weeks. And just want to say I'm praying for you. Um, and if you want specific prayer, please reach out. And I'm believing that our best days are ahead. What I love about uh, the moments like this is even though it's not fun to go through, it always exposes something inside of us. You know, t- challenges, they expose what's already there. And so now we've got to deal with it. What is driving the fear? What is driving the warrior? What's driving the hope? What is driving the peace? How can I share that with others? Today, our prayer and our hope is that you would use your life to make a difference. Let's be the church, right? Let's be those that say, I'm going to look out for others. I promise when you do this, God will take care of your needs. You'll find fulfillment. You'll find satisfaction. It'll be a great day. Hey, we love you guys. We're so thank you, thankful for you tuning in. And uh, we don't know what's going to take place next few weeks, but we'll keep you posted. So look at our social media. We'll send out emails. Make sure you're part of our newsletters, all those things so that you can be updated. And uh, we're just grateful that you would spend some time with us. And uh, just during this time, uh, we love you guys. And we look forward to seeing you the next time, all right? God bless you. Have a great Sunday.